Thank you for your presence today. Soul searching can be an unenviable task, particularly if we are unwilling to stand before God and see ourselves as He sees us. Are we truly living for Christ? Are we bearing witness of true salvation? Or are we just going through the motions without fruit that bears true conversion? Are we dealing with our spiritual deficiencies? Are we confessing and repenting of our sins and depending on God to strengthen us? Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander imparts wisdom to us today. Growing in numbers is good, but what is far greater is growing healthy in spiritual depth, substance, and vitality. Thank God that we're growing numerically. Thank God. I mean, just this past Sunday, we took in 16, uh, 16 members. Praise God for that. And the Sunday before, you take, you're taking in, taking it. We're over 1,700 now. Praise God for all of that. But, uh, uh, but what excites me more than numbers is people growing spiritually. Because if you're growing in numbers, but the, but the church of living God is not growing spiritually. You're going to have some hell in the house. Hell in the house. Because you got a house full of spiritual babies and, uh, and they cry and whine and create all kinds of issues and more mess that you can clean up. I'd rather have 100 spiritual members who are in love with Jesus than to have 2,000 unspiritual members that's creating all kinds of havoc in the church. Tell you something else too. The more time you spend with the Lord and his word, the more teachable you become. That's a big one. The more time you spend with the Lord and his word, the more teachable you become. You know what? You're not the, the word of God has a way of humbling you. you. You don't ever reach to the point where you cannot receive anymore. The more teachable you are, the, 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 the better your attitude should be, your spiritual posture. Folk ought to be able to get along with you a little bit better. You ought to be creating less issues in the church. Matter of fact, you ought to be a, a firefighter, a spiritual firefighter. You, you, you see a fire brewing, you get over there and you put it out. You don't put gasoline on the fire. If you're going to continue growing, you must learn how to properly feed yourself and not allow, uh, not allow uh, not always desiring to be spoon fed by others. If you're going to grow and keep and continue to grow, you must learn how to properly what feed yourself and not always desiring to be spoon fed by others. There comes a time where you need to learn to feed yourself. Everybody with the Bible or with the gadget <laughs> turn a press. <laughs> to Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 through 14 Hebrews chapter 5 verses 11 through 14 alright it says Hebrews 5 11 through 14 look what it says when you find it say amen oh good of whom we have much to say and hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing as many in the church today, universally, dull of hearing. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, in other words, you ought to be grown enough to make an impact. You ought to be teachers in uh, examples, teachers of the word of God. You need someone to teach you again the first 
principles of the oracles of God. In other words, like when a, when a football team mess up, uh, in other words, I know the Super Bowl is today, and uh, we will be here tonight, by the way. Uh, you know, if they mess up that first half and screw up so bad, sometimes the coach, I say, now guys, this is a football. And, and, and what, what, what the writer is saying, you know, now this is a Bible. And, and, and you ought to, you ought, you, you, you ought to be, listen, you should have grown up more now. You, you, you should be, a, you, you should be more spiritual as it relates to, to the teaching of the word of God, handling of the word of God. You ought to be able to rightly divide it by now to the point that you can teach others. But now you still need someone to teach you the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not on solid food. In other words, you haven't even cut spiritual teeth yet. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, spiritually mature. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That, that, that's discernment. You know, what is spiritual discernment? It is, it is the God-given ability to be able to discriminate and to separate good from evil, right from wrong. That's called discernment. And the word of God will enhance and stimulate your discernment to the glory of God. Let me go to the next point. Uh, refuse to be cheap with your spiritual life. By investing so much in material things and so little in your own spiritual growth. It's like we got the conference uh, night coming up, that conference here, where people are going to be coming from around these various states and stuff into Maranatha right here. And you'll be surprised how some people want it, won't come because of the cost. But yet you can make all kinds of material investment in yourself for your own pleasure. You know, you, you, you can go and buy and buy and buy for you. But then when it comes to spiritual things, you get all of a sudden you get cheap. You cheap. And you so you and if you don't go, you can't grow. If you are growing in Christ, listen, next one. If you're growing in Christ and his word, you are not so easily misled. You're not so easily deceived and seduced by false teachers and doctrines of demons. There's a lot of deception going around. First Timothy 4, 1 says, now the spirit expressly says that in the latter times, and we are in those days, by the way, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. There's some doctrine that's being proliferated in amidst the churches that's straight from the pits of hell. It is hellish at its core. And, and, and Satan perverts the truth, put key popular people who look good, who have a, who has a Bible in their hand. But the word is twisted. It is perverted in order to lead the church to hell. Second Peter, chapter two, verses one and two says, but there were also false prophets among the people. They come good looking. They come bad looking. That's right. They, they, they smooth talkers, 
charisma. They know the spiritual jargon, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, who bought them and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. Listen, when you're growing in Christ, when you're growing in the word, nobody ought to come to your door that's of a cult and come and read a few scriptures, a so-called scriptures to you. And all of a sudden you are swept away because you don't know the truth. You ought to have so much truth. You can say, you know what? That is not right. And that's not what my Bible says. As a matter of fact, you know, you not you shouldn't even be entertaining folk in your home, giving them a platform to instruct you or to prove their point of view in your living room. And if you've extended them a cup of coffee, I'm not saying be rude to them. I keep them on the porch and, and then you put them on the defense. And if you know a little of their theology, just say what you know and go straight to the core. And you say, what is the core? What do you believe by Jesus? That, that's cutting to the chase. You know, a lot, uh, uh, and that determines a whole, that, that, that gives away, that, that, that gives, you can find out a whole lot of error by knowing the truth about Jesus Christ. You can identify a whole lot of error when you know the truth about Jesus Christ. They're saying he's not God, it's a cult. That's right. If they said he wasn't born of a virgin, it's a cult. Huh? If they say Jesus was created, that was, that was a cult. That's a cult. If they're saying Jesus is not equal to God, that's a cult. They say Jesus did not die. He was just some kind of ethereal spirit. That's a cult. If they say he wasn't buried, that's a cult. They say he didn't rise the third day. That's a cult. If they say he's not coming back again, that's a cult. That's a cult. If they say he's not God and man, that's a cult. What do you believe about Jesus? Don't let them, listen, you put them on the defense. Hey, let's cut to the chase. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Don't let them back you into a corner. You be offensive. You be, you be on the offense. That's right. You back them in a corner. Back them on off the porch with strong doctrine. God bless <laughs> Why don't y'all say Amen. To the chase and go straight to Jesus. Here's another insight I want to give you. I got too happy on that one. I'm almost done. Here's, here's another point. All this is new insights now, so don't be sitting there waiting on me. Are you content with what God has blessed you with, or are, or are you always thirsting for more? Are you really content with what God has blessed you with, or are you always thirsting for more? When was the last time you've asked, you ask yourself, how much is enough? You know, when you go into that store, when you're going up the aisles of Dillard's or Macy's, wherever you're going, do I really need this? 
And how much is enough? Do I really need this extra credit card? Do I really need to buy this? Do I need to search the web for this piece of item? Philippians 4.11 says, not that I regard, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. That's why you need to stop looking at commercials because commercials create a sense of dissatisfaction with what God has already provided you. First Timothy chapter six, verses six and eight says, first Timothy chapter six, verses six and eight says, now godliness with contentment is great gain. You need to underline that. That is so powerful. Now godliness with what? Contentment is great gain. You're godly and you're content with what God has given you. You're satisfied with Christ. You've gained greatly. For we brought nothing into this world. How many of you have seen a baby? You've seen a baby with a handful of stuff coming out the womb. That's right. That woman has enough issues just trying to get that baby out. If, if that baby could bring some stuff with her, that woman would die. And they right. And so, 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 for we bought nothing into this world, and it is certain we will carry nothing out. You know, when I think about that, I say, you know, I have this, but it's only for a season. Stop loving stuff that you can't keep. So, but, 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 but build, but build your treasures up in heaven, and having food and clothing. With these, we shall be content. Content with what? Food and what? How many of y'all have food? You got food. You got food. Okay. How many of y'all got clothing? Nobody's in her naked, so that answers itself. You're not, we're not in the Garden of Eden, right? Now, it says if you have food and if you have clothes, it equals what? Huh? You say what? Yeah, yeah. Well, I add a little bit more. I just say, okay, some shelter. Okay, put a little shelter over your head. All right, a little shelter over your head. All right, we'll do that. We'll give you that much. A little shelter over your head. But but beyond that, listen, you can make it. You can make it. Or, or what you just really, really have to need. So what about my glasses? I can't see. Okay, why well, your glasses? Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, so go on, okay, we'll, we'll put that, you need that so you can see God's word, okay? I'm assuming you're reading it, you know, so, <laughs> boy, your glasses. Everything else is extra. Everything else is, that gadget that you keep messing with, it's extra. That's right. That television, you can survive without a television. I, I bet some of y'all can't fast forward to, uh, 40 days without a TV. Look how quiet a goddamn who are. You hear no amen. So I, my mind. You're not going to give yourself that kind of chance. 40 days without television. 40 days. We're going to our fasting and prayer time. I mean, you're going to only use the internet. If it's for job related 
things, if it's for education, school, you know, if it's for paying bills, uh, something of that nature. You, you know where I'm going with that? But anything else, you, you're not emailing, you're not, you're not tweeting, and you're not going to say, well, how's your day and uh, what you're doing right now and all that kind of stuff. See, everything else is extra, extra. Listen, if you only have one suit and one dress, one pair of shoes, you still have enough. You see? And you still, you're trying to match up stuff because somebody saw you with something on you know, last week. And so you got to make it different because you don't want people to think you're wearing the same thing twice. That's right. If I, if I wore this same suit for three straight months, some of you would psychologically think something's wrong with me. I sure don't want to say this, but what if you, what if you did wear, you just wash and wore, clean and wore, and you just wore it. I ain't talking about until it got stinky and smelly, but I'm talking about do something to it. And, 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 and there's wore the bare minimum. I'm talking about uh, without all the excess of all this every time, all the, the same piece, what little piece of jewelry you wear, you wear for a whole month. That's right. You and I train all these things. You got a whole jewelry boxes and you just, you, you think something's wrong. You say, Pastor, going crazy up there. <laughs> Listen, the, the Bible says, I'm going back here, what it says, having food and clothing with these, we shall be what? Contentment cannot come apart from being satisfied in Christ. The inability to have contentment in Christ will rob you of your joy. It will rob you of your peace. If you're not content in Christ, you'll you'll not have spiritual satisfaction, which will leave you miserable, restless, unfulfilled, and empty. Empty. Just empty because you can't have the latest of the technology. Empty because your car don't have bells and whistles. Empty because you don't have shoes that that, that someone else has just bought. You don't have the latest thing in style. I will buy quality in a heartbeat because I plan, I plan to wear it until it begins to fall apart. Sometimes people compliment me on clothes I wear. And they say, ooh, that show look nice. That is a nice looking this and that. And I tell them, I've been wearing this for 10 years. I vest nicely because I'm, I'm not going to the store every month looking for something. That's right. I'm going to buy nice, I'm going to buy right, and I'm going to wear it till I wear it out. That's right. Some of y'all talking about you don't have money. Well, you break yourself buying unnecessarily. What you have in Christ is infinitely greater than anything else you could possess in this world. What you have in Christ. What's greater than having Christ? What you have in Christ is infinitely greater than anything else you could possess in this world. There's nothing that transcends Christ. Let me say this. Fulfillment, joy, and contentment only comes through resting and abiding in the sufficiency of Christ alone. Fulfillment, joy, and contentment only comes through resting and abiding in the sufficiency of Christ alone. In other words, Christ completely fulfills, he complete, completely satisfies, he completely brings 
contentment that brings us satisfaction. You ought to be satisfied with Jesus because he alone brings contentment that the world can't provide. One last uh, major thing we want to speak on and then we'll be done. Do you believe in the exclusivity of the gospel and are you passionately, intentionally reaching the loss with the gospel? This is the last major point, major question. Do you believe in the exclusivity of the gospel and are you passionately, intentionally reaching the loss with the gospel? Romans 10, one says, brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Acts chapter one, verse eight says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. First Timothy two, three and four says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Let me tell you something. The Lord requires us to tell the truth about Jesus to those who are lost and headed to a Christless eternity. The Lord requires that we tell the truth about Jesus to those who are headed, uh, who are lost and headed to a Christless eternity. We're also here to represent God on earth and share the gospel to those who are perishing. People are dying moment by moment and going to hell, which ultimately ends up in the lake of fire because they know not Christ. You see, my friends, the greatest disservice, the greatest disservice you can do to those with whom you interact, wherever that may be, at home, at school, on a job, at a clinic, in a store, the greatest disservice you can do to those with whom you interact with is not sharing the gospel with them. Then the gospel is exclusive, say exclusive. The gospel is exclusive in that Jesus is the only way to heaven in a world that says there are many ways to God. John 14, 6 says, Jesus says to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That speaks of the exclusivity of the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is exclusive in that Jesus is the only way to heaven in a world that says there are many ways to God. Acts 4.12 says, nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus Christ is the only savior. The gospel of John chapter eight, verse 24 says, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For if you do not believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. Beloved, because Jesus has no equal, because he alone is both God and man and is the only one sufficient and qualified to redeem us by dying on the cross for our sins. We are saved only through faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone. Repeat after me. We are saved only through faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone. If you add anything to that, you're creating false doctrine. Because God is the only source of our salvation. He has taken the initiative for us to be saved through his one and only son, the Lord Jesus Christ. 
God loves all people and is not willing that any should perish, but have life eternal with him. Second Peter three, nine says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slackness, but is long suffering. In other words, he's a very patient God. He is patient toward us. Aren't you, aren't you glad that God was patient and waiting on you until you got into the kingdom of God, until you came into the kingdom of God? Not willing that any should perish. God didn't want to see anybody die without Christ. He said, why has he delayed his coming till now? Because he's waiting on more souls to come into the kingdom of God. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In closing, I say this and I'm done. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. I reiterate The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. Repeat after me. The gospel of Jesus Christ is the only hope for America. Thank you so much. We do not need more church programs. We do not need more prosperity preaching. We do not need more psychology. We do not need more self-help programs. We do not need more rehabs. We do not need more prisons. If we just build more prisons, that's not the answer. We got tons of prisons. We do not need more self-enhancement medical procedures. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Save yourself some money and give it to God. We do not need more laws passed by Congress. We got laws on the books and more laws are being created as we speak. The making and creating of laws is no hope for America. What America needs is the transforming power of the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what America needs. And if you don't give people Jesus, you are not helping them at all. Your opinion don't mean anything. Your philosophy don't mean anything. The, 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 the football game doesn't mean anything. It's just a game, people. What matters is Christ and Christ alone. And all God's children said. As confessed believers in the only true and living God, we miss out on countless blessings due to our lack of faithfulness, obedience, and service. The Bible tells us that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything we need is at our disposal. When will we trust God enough to believe and depend on His Word? If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching by Pastor Rander, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.